0: We've been looking at uh, a a series, or whatever you want to call it, some messages, uh, since I've been back this year. We went to Kentucky to begin the year, so I got started a little bit late. Um, But just on vision, 2020 vision, I said I'm not very novel in my, my sermon title, we hear it a lot. But we've kind of been looking at it in maybe a little bit different angle than most churches in the sense of, we talked a little bit about making sure we recognize those moments where God did something in our lives. And just doing something so we don't forget what God has done. And then we talked about, well, don't just always look back, but look forward because God wants to do something in your life moving forward. And sometimes we're so stuck in our past that we miss what God's doing today. Um, Then we looked a little bit last week. I said we can't talk about 2020 vision. That's vision with clarity without talking about sin. And just the reality of sin, the promise that God forgives sin, and, 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 and the fact that that this is not new to the world. Sin is not something that's new. And so we should be okay <laughs> to confess sin. It's all right. And we need to move forward, not letting ourselves be captive to sin any longer. Um, but this morning is where I get to share what I would call my, my vision piece or, or just some of what God's really stirring in my heart for our church and where our church is going and, and what He's doing. And it's not a place and it's not a number and it's not a, it's not a group, but it's a, it's a reality. Um, some of what I've been wrestling with as a pastor—it's just been in my spirit—is—is is the authenticity of Christianity, you know, and, and the reality that that at a lot of times we we see a lot of things, but there's always that question of is it real? We see people, or we hear things, or we watch things, and, and the reality of is it is this genuine? Is this authentic? Is there is there some depth? To this. And my heart as a pastor is that God would lead our church into more genuine, more authentic relationship with Him because I believe, and, and we're going to start looking at it today, I believe that, that God's going to do remarkable things in our church. I believe God's doing remarkable things in our church. Amen. I believe God's going to continue to do remarkable things. I don't think He's finished with the remarkable things. And I believe that as we become genuine, as we continue to grow in authenticity in our relationship with God, those things will happen. I'm going to say that because that's why this is so profound to me. I believe that in order for us to get where God wants us to be, the way to get there, it's not a couple steps. It's not a—it's not a, an etched out path that we will follow. It's not a destination that I'm really sure of, but it's a land flowing with milk and honey where God's promises are going to be revealed in our life. God's promises are going to be revealed in our community. God's promises are going to be revealed in our church because we're walking in authentic faith. But, what is that? I mean what is what is god stirring in you pastor i said i wish i wish i i knew fully <laughs> but he's given me a glimpse he's he's starting to show me what it means for authentic faith and how to recognize when i'm not genuine i want to look at a verse Actually, a few verses. Matthew, Mark, I'm sorry, chapter 12, verses 28 through 33. And in this verse, I believe, is is genuine, authentic faith. And in, we're going to look this morning. And it happens here. It's in the other Gospels. This verse comes from the book of Deuteronomy. But I believe that the path for authenticity is absolutely in these words. And hopefully for our church people, we don't have our signs up anymore, But this isn't going to be a surprise. I'm going to pray. God, I thank you for this morning, God. And I believe in your will this day. I thank you for everyone who is here, God. I pray that you help us to hear. God, I pray for eyes that are open, for hearts that receive, for for minds that that, that comprehend what you desire to communicate. I pray against distractions. I pray against the things that that might draw our minds away, but God, that that in these next few moments we can focus upon you and upon your word. For myself, God, as a pastor, I yield myself to you. I pray, God, nothing but your anointing. Your very words would be spoken in this place. God, I believe that what you desire to accomplish this day is remarkable. I believe it's profound, and I pray, God, that nothing would interfere with your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter 12 said, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he answered him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Verse 29 says, The most important one, answered Jesus, is this Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul with all your mind, and with all your strength. And it says, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. Well said, teacher. The man replied, you are right in saying that God is one, there's no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the, the burnt offerings and sacrifices. In Luke, we see another context of this coming up. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. He said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This has got to be genuine faith, right? To inherit eternal life. Jesus responds, What is is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. I believe, church, if we're going to have authentic faith, we're going to have to learn what it means to love God with all and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Recall, um, as a pastor, God's, God's purpose for our church is to love God, love people, and to make an impact in our world. The next couple of weeks, I want to look at this very reality of loving God the very reality of, of loving people. Not just loving God, but loving God, you know, it's, it's interesting because it doesn't just say love God, love people, and be done, you know. But loving God with all, with everything that we are. This is God's formula. This is, the, this is the answer to the question, what's the greatest commandment, you know? They were living by the commandments. That was their way into God's presence, the one who was asking that question. They, did, they kept the commandments so they could be in the presence of God so he wouldn't like smite him and all that stuff. and and the answer to that question was was this love god with all and love your neighbor as yourself. when someone said to him, "what teacher, what Jesus, must i do to inherit eternal life?" the key to eternal life he said was loving god with all and loving people. but this didn't just start like i said with Jesus. deuteronomy look at it, it's going to look familiar. Chapter six. Hear, O Israel: The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Does that sound familiar? These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. The Lord, the God is—he's telling them this is important. What I'm telling you right now, he said, is important. How important is it? He wants it to be on your heart. Impress them. On your children. You're going to need to teach your kids this. Talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. With all. Tie them as symbols on your hands. And bind them on your Foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. I want to tell you, for us to have authentic faith, we've got to be intentional about loving God with all. Like, when was the last time you had a conversation about how you loved God? What's written on your arms and on your head and on the door frame of your house. I mean, at times, I think we lose sight of this very simple instruction. Impress them on your children. Talk about this. Talk about the love of God that you have. Talk about the love of God that you're experiencing. Yet at times, we, we, we miss this. It's interesting, okay? Who was Jesus talking to when he answered this? A religious leader, right? That person, if you go to this, probably had something on him called a phylactery. And what it was were these things that they wrapped around their arms, and I don't know what this is, it looks like a button to go to heaven or something, but they put it on their head, and in that was the word of God. In that were the promises of God that were written. So as he's looking at this person who says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's looking at someone who's had that written On their arms, who's had that literally bound to their forehead, and he's saying words that would resonate with them. Oh, that sounds familiar. It's right here. Hang on, let me pull out my scroll. It looks like a flashlight. I mean, that flashlight sound. Yeah, love God. With all. And I, I said as a pastor, if, if this is the, the reality, the, the basis for authentic faith, I mean, this individual who they were talking to, this, this expert who was trying to trick Jesus, that was, where, that was how deep his love for God was. He was trying to catch Jesus. He was trying to trick him. Yet they were words that he knew. They were words that were impressed upon him. So as a pastor, I'm wrestling with, okay, God, you're calling me to teach about authentic faith, genuine faith, and I've got the Word of God, and it's right here, and I can talk about it, and I can impress it, and I can give everybody tattoos on their foreheads when they leave and say, love God. But I think I'm I'm missing something. I mean, the expert, they knew that it wasn't in practice. You know, I did a little bit of an experiment this week. I, I, if you saw my question on Facebook, some of you might have participated in the discussion. You know, how do you show your spouse love? I asked a simple question, like how do you demonstrate love to your spouse? Now, I'm going to be very candid. Public displays of affection are not my love language. You know, I was told, one lady called me and she told me that open communication was imperative to relationships. I don't like to do things in front of people, Tam. But I may not always show my love to you. So I'm going to ask that you come up here this morning so I can show my love to my wife. Oh, we made sure it could be on a public forum. I will say, this morning I put toothpaste on my wife's toothbrush. Oh, but wait. I love you. (laughs) I want to say in front of this whole group of people, you're a phenomenal wife, you're a phenomenal mother. And let me see, how does this say? I don't understand why God gave me you and I don't deserve you. This is going good. I didn't write it down. No, this is, I've got to send you a text message. You got a message? You better check that. I need to listen to you right now. How do you feel? Um, like this. <laughs> I'm just listening to you. Here, let me rub your shoulders. You yeah. look a little tense. <laughs> <That's enough. laughs> oh, oh, I got something for you, too. I picked these this morning. Pam doesn't like real flowers. So I found some fake ones in the closet. Yeah. You guys taking notes? And I've got an incredible evening planned tonight. Watching watching hockey and disc golf <laughs> trick shots. I love you. How authentic do you think that felt to my wife? Oh, there, there might have been moments of authenticity mixed in the middle of madness. But how authentic? I mean... I dug myself a hole. You know what I'm saying? Like that moment was counterproductive to demonstrating love to my wife. Because it wasn't authentic. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, I mean, it was an incredible dialogue. I think I had like, Forty-five comments or something. I said, I wonder how many spouses were having conversations and oh. Oh, that's how you show me love? <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> that's why you made me coffee. It was a neat thing, and, and is there stuff to learn? Absolutely. Are there things to try? Why not? But when I'm just doing it because someone else did it. I do it. Yet, I said, we try to do this with God all the time. We just try to check the boxes. Well, I I want God to know I I love him. And and I saw someone prayed a little bit, so I'm going to say a prayer, God. Please tell me today. Oh, he loves, I love Him all. I want God to know I love, he, he, he loves me, so I'm going to sing a song or I'm going to raise my hands. There's nothing wrong with all those things. I'm going to talk to someone about him right now or, or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that or, or whatever. I'm going to wear my phylactery today so people know that I serve him. I mean, all these things that we do that we're doing because someone else told them that's how we're supposed to show God love. You know, I think the problem with the church, I think the problem sometimes is that we start at the end and we work our way backwards. And so we're telling people ways to show love, but it doesn't start with the ways. Do you hear what I'm saying? College students, you know, read my Facebook thing, try it out, but that's not the way to show love. How do you learn to show love? Through the one you're created with. My wife and I often say, don't do marriage like we do it because it won't work for you. Don't try and replicate us because you'll end in failure, I guarantee it. If you don't like to wrestle, it's not going to work. If you don't have a sense of humor, it's not going to happen. Oh, you can't talk to your wife that way. I can because she knows I love her. She knows I'm saying I love her. Yet with God. Yet with God, we, we try to go through the motions. We came to church. I came to church on Sunday morning. God knows I love him. Maybe he does, but why? You know, I, I have in my notes it says the reality of of what God was saying in that in that verse was to love completely. Now it's interesting because the disciple or Jesus asked what, what or the disciple asked Jesus which was the greatest of the commandment. Now how in the world? Can you command love? Put that in your brain. Wrestle through that for a second. Mike, did you gain Cheryl's hand by commanding her love? I mean, it doesn't seem to go together, does it? Yet, Jesus is saying authentic faith is the greatest of all the commandments is to love God. How does that work? I mean, people have been trying. They've been trying with their actions. Matthew chapter 6. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. Verse 5, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in, in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Verse 16, when you fast, Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that you will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. But only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. As a pastor, I cannot tell you how to love God. I'm not going to tell you how to demonstrate your love to the Father. I can tell you things to try. I can tell you things to do, good things to try. Not only can I not tell you what to do, but I can't tell you what to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love... I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Parents, my boys, they like to fight. You know what I'm talking about? So usually we send them to their room, and they want to come out. Dad, can I come out of my room yet? Why in your room? I don't know. No. Dad, can I come out of my room yet? Why in your room? I'm sorry for what? I don't know. No. You ever heard that? I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm just sorry because I want to get out of my room. I'm just sorry because that's what I'm supposed to say right now. And how many things do we say to God just because that's what we're supposed to do? I love worship. I want to talk about genuine worship. But how many times are we singing words and they're just words that we don't mean? Man. I know I don't have the greatest voice, but I thought I was better than a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. So as a pastor, I wrestle. Here I am, okay? This is me. This is pastor. I want to I wanna lead. I want to I wanna help us to, to take hold of the vision that God has for us. But I cannot tell us what to do. And I can't really tell us what to say in order to love God. So where does that leave me? What do I do? I want to read this just so you know. I've shared this before. Ephesians chapter 4. I believe my calling. Is in these verses. My calling as a pastor is absolutely on the screen. So Christ gave himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. To do what? Verse 12. This is my calling. My calling as a pastor is to equip his people for the works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and we become mature attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming, instead speaking the truth and love. We will grow. My job as a pastor is to help you grow. My job as a pastor is, is to help you to dig in, to to give you the the nourishment that's necessary to provide these things, but really to get you to a place that you can grow, how does it say, into maturity, that we can be mature saints, that we grow up as the body of Christ together. So as I wrestled with this reality of, of God, you're telling me authentic faith, genuine faith is is loving you with everything that we have with all our heart with all our mind with all our soul with all our spirit i thought do i break down each one of those and talk about what they mean i don't think we have to get that challenging really what god is saying is love me with everything you got with your emotions with your thoughts with your actions with what you're doing that's what he's saying. So he's telling us to do that, but, but then the how? And I'm saying, but we see people who, who they're doing the right things and they're saying the right things, but they don't have love. And they're digging themselves a hole with their wife. Or with God, sorry. I have love. I love you. So, my calling is to equip. How do I equip? What do I do? I mean the task it, it started to get confusing. I, I started to how? What God, I mean, if I can't tell him what to do and I can't tell him how to do it, I can't tell him what to say, what do you want me to teach him? First John chapter 4. This is what he said. not in these words, but this is what it meant. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. because God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love made complete this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world we're like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Verse 19 is what God said. Don't teach them how to love. Teach them about my love. You hear that? It says we love because he loved. We love because he first loved us. I'm not going to be able to teach you how. I'm not going to be able to tell you the steps to follow. But what I am called to do, what God is stirring in me, is, is the heart of a pastor that you would know his love, that you would see and recognize his love, that you would understand the fullness of his love, that those moments that you took for granted when God was showing you his love, your eyes would be open to seeing them. One verse. Paul's prayer. For this very reason, I kneel before the Father. God said, Steve, you can't tell them. But what I can do is pray. Paul said to the church in Ephesus, for this very reason, I kneel before the Father. What reason? From whom every family in heaven and on earth to rise at names. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So what? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, that's where it's got to start. That's the beginning. That's where, where, where we're... Be, that, that, that's the, the the emphasis. It's rooted and established in love. What kind of love is that? That's the love that God demonstrated. Paul's prayer is that that's what would be in you, rooted in you, established in you. Why? You may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. To grasp what? How wide, how long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the full measure. That's maturity right there. This is Paul's answer to the maturity question. You have to know how big, how wide, how extravagant God's love for you is. How extravagant is his love for you? And to know this love surpasses knowledge. It may be filled with the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. We need a revelation of his love. As I've been praying this week, I've been praying that God would give everyone a revelation of His love. Yeah, we can't love until His love has been revealed to us. We cannot fully love until we begin to grasp or we even start to scratch the surface of how great His love for us is truly is and when I start to recognize how great God's love for me is it's a lot easier to do the things that I've been doing it's a lot easier to to pray it's a lot easier to praise it's a lot easier to lift up my hands or to say thank you Jesus how much of his love are you missing I'm praying that God begins to reveal His love. That you have a revelation of His love. That when it comes and you're not expecting it, that you see His love. We were out, Walt and his dog. I went bird hunting. Walt talks about bird hunting, so I want to go bird hunting with him. We're talking about his dog again. I mean, thinking dogs. I said, think about this. God created that dog for your pleasure. You know, the other morning we got up for Bible study and we've been reading in the Psalms and David's talking about how majestic God is and and all these things. And, And it was a real clear morning and the stars were just everywhere. God did that for you like the sunsets and rainbows and all that frou-frou stuff that we guys can't talk about what we secretly like and think it's pretty incredible. God, did that for you. Paul says, I pray. I pray. I bow down. I kneel. That you would begin to recognize how great the Father's love is for you. The promise that God said, He loved you so much that He would send His one and only Son so that you could have everlasting life, so that you could be with Him. He would send His Son. His Son was the Word made flesh. His Son was the glory of God revealed so that you could know and experience the love of God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through me. It's through Jesus Christ that we know the fullness of His love, that my sin no longer defines me, but my Savior defines me. And yet, you guys can come forward. We're going to do communion at the end. Of a question. Because I'm talking about loving God, and I can't ask you the question, do you love God without asking you the question, are you certain that God loves you? Like, without a doubt, unquestionable this morning that God loves. And if you're not certain of that answer, if you're not certain of that truth, we have to get there first. I can't love God without realizing He loved me first. And if you don't know that truth, I'm praying. If you've recognized that truth, but maybe you lost sight of that truth, I'm praying. If you've been living in that truth, but you need to see more of that truth, I'm praying that you may begin to recognize how deep, how wide, how great the Father's love is for you. It wasn't just a love for Pastor Steve or for Paul or for Walt. It's a love that God it says in First John, he, "How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called, that we might be called, children of God. I'm telling you God desires to lavish his love on you. God, he's extravagant in, in revealing his love. God desires to show his love. To demonstrate His love. He says, He demonstrated His love for us. What? That while we were still sinners, He sent His Son to die for us. God wants you to see it. You know, in Scripture, He says, Do this in remembrance of me. When I start thinking about His love, the cup, it just gets full. When I start thinking about the cup, it just... His love, the cup, it gets, it gets richer. <laughs> and, and why did God say, take and eat and take and drink? I mean, that's weird stuff. Because it's, I want this to be a part of this so I can love Him. I want His love to become a part of my every being. So I can absolutely. What greater way to show God's love. To, how to love God with all. Than to give us an example that absolutely becomes a part of all of us. This morning God says. Love the Lord your God. With all. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. I had Walt and Carrie to, to, to pray. And. Or to lead us in worship, and this morning, as you're holding this cup and as you're holding the the, the bread, I, I just ask that you consider His love. I ask that question: Are you certain that God loves you? If you said, "I'm not certain," I want you to think about His love and the promise of His love. The promise that He sent His Son, His very best, to die for you. And the only way I can be certain of His love is to receive His love. And so so I want you this morning as, as you're receiving communion to be able to receive the love of God. I'm praying that this morning as you hold the cup I'm praying that this morning, as, as, you, as you hold the, the bread, that God begins to reveal His love. I want Him to, I, I'm praying that he, he gives you pictures or glimpses of how He's loved you. You know, I can joke about my wife, but God's love revealed in who He chose for me. My wife, my kids, are absolutely demonstrations of God's love for me. And sometimes I just don't talk about it don't mention. This morning is see His love. You know, this morning in a, in a few minutes the kids will get released from kids' church and and all the kids, they love to come up after service and drink all the leftover cups. You know, and for them it's just some yummy grape juice. You know, sometimes that's the way we deal with community. We're just drinking the cups and we're just eating a stale piece of whatever. I don't know what this stuff is. You know, this morning I hope genuine faith you know, authenticity. I hope that you recognize that this morning as you, you drink this cup and you eat this bread it's a lot more than than some grape juice and, and some piece of bread but it's the fullness of this you know, 1 Corinthians, uh, I read this. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, in the night, was betrayed. He took bread. And when he gave given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. We hear those words. I want to say those words again. This is my body. That's Jesus Christ saying that to you. This is my body. Is for you. God, I pray that as we receive, as we partake, God, the reality of the love that's demonstrated through the body of Jesus Christ, the body that was broken, the body that was beaten, the body that that hung upon a tree for me, God, pray a revelation of your love in this moment. In Jesus' name, let us partake. You know, when it says, in the same way after supper, he took a cup. And he took that cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This cup is the fullness of God's promise. The promises that say, you are now a child of God. The promises that that are because of the blood of Jesus Christ. that I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That God will meet my needs. That God will take care of me. That promise is in this cup. The promise that God has given me a beautiful wife and, and healthy children. The promise that God takes care of my needs today, tomorrow, and forever. The fullness of God's promise in this cup. That even though we may leave this earth, we've got hope in Jesus Christ for eternity. It's all in this cup. And I want that promise. The scriptures say the love of Christ, it compels us. I want that promise to compel me to love. God, I thank you for the promises. I thank you for the fullness of your love. I thank you for the revelation of your love even this morning. And I pray, God, that as we partake, that, that we are compelled by the love of Jesus Christ. That this just isn't grape juice, but it represents your love revealed through the blood of Jesus Christ for my life that washes me clean, that makes me whole, that gives me the right to consider you Father. Let us partake. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Amen? The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may you love God because He loves you.